1: How do teenagers navigate the messages bombarding them every day about what they should look like? Marketing images encouraging them to be thinner, more tanned, more sophisticated, blemish-free and sexier. Angela Barnett is an Auckland writer and founder of the body positivity website Fabic, who has had 15 years working in the marketing industry. She says the trillion-dollar-plus beauty and fashion industry is bombarding teens with images, many of which are unattainable. She's developed a talk as her latest initiative. It's called Pretty Smart. There's a link on our webpage through to it. It's on Facebook. She's taking it into schools, talking to teens about how the industry works and how to spot what's real and what's not. And Angela says if teens are taught how advertising and media works, they are less affected by it. Angela, welcome back. Good to talk.
0: Hello, Catherine.
1: Nice the I- to be back. Yeah, the idea for Pretty Smart has been a wee while in the making, so tell me about how it's formulated for you.
0: Oh, it was. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit of the backstory behind it. It was a few years ago I was living with my young family in a forest in Northern California, as as you do, and uh, I was at this camp for children, for underprivileged children, and everyone else around me had all sorts of amazing counselors that had all sorts of information and knowledge that they could part on to the teens, teaching them about the flora and fauna, or teaching them how to swim, or arts and crafts. And I felt like I didn't have anything to contribute, and. I was watching the difference between the white girls and the African-American girls. And for the white girls, they would try and hold back their food and talk about the shape of their bodies. And for the African-American girls, or as they soon told me, just call us black. You know, it's so un-PC calling us African-American. So the black girls, the white girls. For the black girls, it was all about the shape, uh, the shade of their body rather than the shape. So I thought about what if I could put together a talk which showed them so many of the images that they see, they used to flick through magazines on their sleepovers and say, "Look, so much of this is constructed and made up." And even Beyonce gets lightened. So you're going to feel so much better if you see through this industry. And what I noticed at the end of the talk was, rather than them all competing with each other, it was almost like a sort of linking arms, going, "Okay, we can be, we can be savvy about this, about this industry coming out." So that's then I brought it back to New Zealand, and it's taken me a few years, but that's sort of the general idea is just. It's helping them be smart about. Everyone is going to have an opinion on how you look, and it's now coming through you. Social media is huge with, you know, one one selfie, and as um, you get a hundred hundred opinions on what you look on that. So, yeah, you that's, can't. That's what, what you're started. saying
1: is you can't stop the exposure. So, the next best thing is to is to give the tools, to to manage it. I'm interested in this approach that the knowledge about the industry. Can uh, lead to them being less affected by it, and have you have you found that that w- once they get savvy, that emotional hit that comes when there's a negative response from yourself or
0: from someone else, you can actually mitigate that at least a bit. Well, a little bit. I mean, I'm not I'm not promising to change the world, but I mean, there's definitely studies being done that show that teens, if they do understand how it works, they are less affected. But it's kind of like if you imagine. Going to a haunted house and you get really completely spooked by it and you think it's real, and then suddenly you went through and had another tour and you were shown, okay, here's the clown from The Scary Cupboard, and that's actually an actor who's put his own makeup on, and this sound over here, the creaky floorboards have taken some nails out. If you sort of understand how it works from behind, then you can look at it and go, all right, I, I understand that, and I'm, I'm still happy to have the experience, but I feel a bit smarter about it. So, um, it, so it just works with, because what it takes is a walk to the mall to see the kind of images that I, I talk about in these talks. That you know, just walk past a pharmacy and these massive billboards of, of flawless faces, and it just helps if you look at that and go, "Okay, I understand how that was made, and that that person doesn't look like that person." If you know they, if I saw them walking down the street, they would not look like that. Um,
1: how you look and, and the clothes you wear is, is, a, is a hallmark of uh, of being a teen in some ways and always has been but as we said that as with so many other pressures on this generation of teens it's the twenty four seven relentlessness of it that um, is particularly hard to to, to manage uh, or perhaps just ramps up the pressure at what age are you recommending and, and what age are you targeting to begin this education of the way the world
0: is in the hope that that might empower kids um that's a good question well when i first started these talks i was doing the 15 16 year old girls and they would say yeah this is great but you need to talk to the 13 and 14 year olds and i would do the talk to them and they'd say you need to talk to the 11 and 12 year old girls so that's it slowly got younger and younger so that's the that's the sort of sweet spot we found, intermediate. So it's year seven, eight, nine. I mean, I've even had some requests from primary schools for year six, and from parents saying, "Oh, you know, my daughter's just she's just suddenly it's like a, a light has has flicked on, and they're suddenly rather than just the sort of carefree child, they're suddenly aware of how they look in their body and and how they should be." So, um, yeah, that's about the age. And I it's I mean, it's called cool a talk, but I show them so much stuff. Tell me, tell me, talk, talk us through it. Talk, talk us through what you're doing there. Okay, so uh, I, I mean, I start. There's lots of video and there's lots of images, and I'll show them things like there was a model Cameron Russell that did a fantastic TED talk a couple of years ago that sort of flew around everywhere, and I'll show images of her where you see her. It's it's side by side photos where she's standing on the beach with her grandmother in her swimming togs, looking like a 14 year old, and then the photo that was taken her very first modelling photo, and she's unrecognisable as the same person she's sexed up she's in a really hot little um number you know her hair's different everything's different the lighting and there's another one I show of her playing soccer and then a photo taken in in the same week when she's had an army of people around her and she looks about 10 years older so lots of that and then I also show them another thing that we talk about is I do a kind of a quick flick around the world of We get shown the same faces all the time. So I sort of go New York, Tokyo, um, uh, Piccadilly Circus, uh, Marrakesh, Hamburg, Israel, and it's very much the same face of the, the Western face. The skin's always flawless. There's never any wildly curly hair. You know, the body's always very similar. And then I talk to them about, you know, images like this that we see. We don't only see it in the real world, we see it everywhere. That ends up selling really, really horrible, acidic, Skin whitening cream in Africa, and just companies it's
1: in just, Asia, in Asia as well, it just—it's it, it's awful, isn't it? That yes. that it, every element of who we are now, uh, someone is marketing something to change it to fit someone to become someone we're not. I know. It's just—it's when, when we're wrong. not talking about whether Marilyn Monroe is the figure of the moment or the Rubenesque models of the fiddle, thing, uh, the the figure of the moment, or you know, someone who frankly. Um, with photoshopping is anatomically not possible to be
0: as the figure of the moment, it's everything. It is, and there's no sweet spot. So when we're younger, we're told, you've got to look older, you've got to look sexy, you know, maybe a little bit of a tan. Um, And then when we're older, we get told, okay, you've got to look younger, still try and look sexy, Um, maybe less of a tan. You know, like, there's there's no age where it's like, right, I'm 24 in three months, I'm absolutely, I'm great. So it's you know it's that was it's, pretty great actually to be honest <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, I wouldn't mind <laughs> twenty four and three months back just <laughs> while we're
1: here. Okay, um, so 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 this is so this is what you're working through with them and you're showing them images and really getting um, really opening their eyes to the way the world's operating. And do you get a sense that it's the first time they've thought of
0: things like that? Uh, not always. It, it depends. Like um, it depends on the group. It depends on where it is. I I actually just did a talk for a mix of ages at a girls' school of rock earlier on this year. It was 11 to 16-year-olds. And that was really interesting, where the older girls, some of them knew exactly what I was talking about, but they hadn't seen it put together in that way, and it started an interesting discussion. But generally with the 11-, 12-year-olds, most of it is pretty new, and they're sort of... Uh, I mean, I make sure I don't leave them with this um, possum in the head, like, oh, my God, there's this industry (laughs) coming after me. What am I going to (laughs) do? You know, I make sure I I finish at the end. I show them lots of positive examples. And uh, I even show them I've got a a host of different models that I've interviewed and done stories on over the years that have completely changed the industry. There's a, a little video I show of an English. She was a model, and she's now sort of a performer, and she had her leg amputated when she was as a teen. And she does this incredible dance with... So one foot is in a ballet shoe and another one is in kind of a spike. And she dances with these... She uses the spike as part of her movement and dance and they're all just gobsmacked at that. And I, I always there's always one girl with uh, red hair in the class and I show them a, a London photographer who's tr- kind of transforming the how people view gingers, as they're often called. And you know, she's got a face full of freckles and bright red hair and it's just a stunning phot- photograph going you know, we get shown what beauty is, but, you know, look at this image. So I'm, I make sure that I, I give them hope. And then I also, I mean, one other thing that, because uh, I'm someone that's, I've worked in marketing, and I, um, I I also make sure that I I don't make them think that there is this, there's not an evil industry. There's no Jabba the Hun kind of screwing his hands together, going, I'm going to screw up more girls. You know, it's not, it's not like that. There are some really great brands doing really interesting things, and I, there's a, a cover I pull up of Sunday Magazine that has Lonely Hearts lingerie. You know, that um, I tell all the girls to go and look at the Instagram page as well and the, on the front of the cover was a beautiful woman in Lonely Hearts lingerie and she was sort of Rubenesque with her figure. She had very, very white skin. She was not anything like what you traditionally see on the cover of a magazine. And I hold it up going, this is fantastic. You know, three years ago when I was doing this talk I would have never expected to see this. And I talk about... Um, you know, iris and indigo mascara that helps blind. So I, I do say, look, there's some you know, oi, oi tampons and Trilogy even. You know, some of our New Zealand brands are great, but this, just walk to the mall and you'll see what I mean as far as it's, you know, it's often the big international brands that have a lot of money.
1: At the end of the talk, you ask the girls to do something really tangible, thinking about their own bodies. Tell me a bit more about that.
0: Oh, I do, I do. So I try and make it global first and then bring it back to... Uh, back to the individual and I talk to them a little I give them an an example saying you know that uh, hold on sorry go back a moment I you know I say this everyone's going to have an opinion on how you look you know your friends and you know your family strangers you don't know it's going to come at you from social media so you've got to have one person on your side and that's got to be you inside your own head um I say, look, imagine if you had a a best friend that sat in the corner of the bathroom and every morning when you went to brush your hair and brush your teeth, that friend was going, oh my God, you're so ugly. Oh, your thighs are too this and your ears are too that. And if they said that to you every single morning, you would start to walk out the door and believe it because your subconscious sort of just takes on board messages uh, without analysing them. I said, so you've got to have your own script inside your own head that's doing the opposite to that. So I make them choose, I say you've got to write down I don't care where you do it, hide it under your bed put it in the back of your bag but three things that you like about your physicality that makes you unique and that's yours and those are your three things and no one can take them away from you and if everyone, anyone's got an opinion on you you can you can go alright, whatevs but I've got my you know, I've got my feet where I play soccer and I'm awesome at that or whatever it is that um, that they have, although I did have a, a moment at one school where so I did that, and the girls were all nodding. And then a girl came up to me afterwards and said, um, "I can't do that homework." I was like, "Oh, okay. okay um, why is that?" And She said, "Oh, there's there is nothing. I don't like anything about myself." She was a really tiny, tiny little slight girl, and I said, "Well, there's got to be something, you know. Tell me, tell me about yourself. What do you what do you like? What are you into?" And she said, "Oh, nothing, nothing." I said, "Come on, there's got to be something." ah, uh, no. And she said, oh, I like eating. I said, well, you, how about your taste buds, your tongue? That could be one thing that you like. And she just looked at me like I was a total weirdo. I was like, oh, that's not what all the other girls are going to be doing, <laughs> my tongue. And then I said, okay, look, what, um, what else do you do? Do you play any sports? No. And then she said, oh, I play the keyboards. I said, well, what do you play the keyboards with? She said, oh, my hands. I said, well, could they be one of your things? And then she looked at her hands and said, yeah, said, okay. And then what else? She said, well, uh, in case, I listen to music with my ears, and I'm standing, and my and so she sort of, I mean, she's just one small example, but she went away going, um, you know, there can be aspects of myself that I have to like and love, and they make you individual and unique, and um,
1: yeah. So, so in the end, she found something. <laughs>
0: She found something. Yeah. She did. I yes. hope she yeah. wrote it down. Here's
1: another thing: an email is just pointing out the role of women's magazines uh, going back many years and talking about the um, uh, talking about the photoshopping that was very much in play, wasn't it? I mean, photoshopping that yes. literally left someone anatomically impossible, and that was because the shape that ended up on the cover of that magazine was simply not the shape of the model, even. Uh, so you know they, that, that that kind of media is long established, but the the, the new challenge again is that incoming through um, the dear old internet. And I was really shocked to see ten thousand girls every month. I presume this is global. Uh, yes. Ask Google if they're pretty enough.
0: Oh, I know. You know,
1: I mean, it's it's I another know. dimension, isn't it? In some ways, and. I think it's funny talking about the role models because at that age again, your role models so often are people who are very high achievers in their field, whatever that's involved in getting there. And, you know, part of it, I suppose, is trying to broaden who it is they look up to. Who don't necessarily look like athletes, ballet dancers, or models, you know, uh, trying to let them see that beauty and achievement and, um, um, you know, becoming something you might like to to dream about becoming doesn't have to be tied to a particular kind of physical appearance.
0: No, no, it doesn't. And um, when you were saying that, I was thinking of Jess Quinn, who's a New Zealander, who's, uh, do you know her? She's a, a young woman who. She has, I don't know how, but she had the bottom half of her leg amputated, or I don't know whether she was never born with it. Or anyway, she she does a lot of work for um, Adidas, and yeah, there's, there's definitely a, a lot of interesting people, sort of standing up, going, "Here I am," you know, "Here here I am in all my glory," and I and I don't fit that mold. The thing that's, I mean, and the photoshopping still goes on, and there's covers of magazines where you'll have. Um, I was just hearing about it, an example recently where a seventy-year-old woman was on the cover of the magazine, and we all go, "Yay, that's great that a seventy-year-old woman was." But when the, um, when they saw the photo, they went, "Oh, but we can't have those legs." So different legs were were, were brought in. I mean, that. It, it Do does. The, are the
1: girls aware of that? Are the girls aware of the level of not only the makeup that a model will have applied for six hours while they're having their hair done, but also the fact that the in the act of photography itself. Even the made-up model is further being, you know, the image is further being manipulated. Are they aware of all that stuff? There's one thing about being, I guess, intellectually aware of something and then viscerally aware of it, and you
0: really want to get it to that level, don't you? Yes, you do. So I I say to them, who's heard of Photoshop? You know, raise your hand, and they're all like, yes, yes, we've all heard of it. And then I show them some stuff. And some of the stuff I show them is old. There's, There's a dove. I can't find anything that's really better than the dove evolution, where you start with... A girl, and she's got, you know, she's got a little bit of acne, and her hair's sort of all over the place. And but she just looks like a, a normal girl. And then it goes through, in about sixty seconds. So it's it's, fanta- it was a fantastic ad, of click 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 click. The, the the makeup, the hair, the photo shoot, the lighting, and then the Photoshop. The eyes that are always made bigger, the neck that's always extended. That you know, it ends up on a billboard on a street. And so I, I, I've got quite a few that I show them, and I've actually got a bunch of examples that people can download from the RNZ site if they go onto the link there of lots of stuff to show kids that really it really sinks in when yeah, they see it that way. That's it's what um, I was
1: getting at. It's There's a difference between hearing it and sort of processing it at one level, but it's sinking in to where it fundamentally becomes part of how you will experience something. As we said, whether it's that bit of feedback on the Facebook page or um, whether it's that day you're standing in front of the mirror and thinking, you know, it,
0: it, it, it takes a bit to get it to sink in. It does. The um, the other thing I always raise with them is, you know, I say who's on Instagram and 95% of them all raise their hands. And so then I talk to them a little bit about... You know, look, you will go through a selfie phase. Everyone goes through a selfie phase. Even I went through a selfie phase when I first got on Instagram for about five photos, and then you just realise, oh, that's... You know, you've got to use this as... Rather than the whole world viewing you, it's far more fun to use it as your view of the world and your expression of yourself on the world. And I pull up a few different Instagram feeds, and I think this is also important to to get across. is like these lives that you might look at someone who's got 4 million followers and they're a Victoria's Secrets model. This is not their real life. They'll have a, fo- they'll have a photographer who's with them and taking photos. And you can tell by the photos, you know, the ones that are professionally done. And the other thing I say is, look, if, if in every nine photos you see a bum or, you know, a, a boob or cleavage or something like that, then these, are um, half the 4 million followers are going to be hate to say it, guys hoping to get another glimpse of bum or boob, you know, like I just try and break it down saying you can't look at these lives and think that this is, this is a real life, it's a curated life.
1: Actually that's a really important point on the social media feeds, I mean let's face it, people's Facebook pages are curated but at Instagram it's a whole different professionalised level and that's another thing to educate about what something is and what it isn't. Uh, and it just doesn't turn up that way, perfectly formed. Nor no. is it necessarily what that person's life is like.
0: No, no, it's hmm. not. And the, I heard a fact the other day: Facetune is the you know Facetune is the app that you can muck around with your features. Yes, you can. And it's in it's eighty percent of countries now where it's you know in one of the the top rating apps that's used. So there's people all over the world using it, and I can see why it's addictive. Sometimes it's fun. I mean, you yeah. put
1: ridiculous features on yourself, and and that again is, is is healthy. But when you're trying to channel the exact perfect replication again of your of, of the model you look up to, mm, yes, you know.
0: and and people see through it after a while mm. as well. You know that.
1: Um, hey, that's the key word. It it is it is helping these kids get to the point where they can see through it. And doing it at a time where, um, gosh, she's just so self-conscious. It's <laughs> oh,
0: I know it's yeah. such a fragile, yeah, you know, time. You're just trying to figure yourself out. It's
1: always good to talk, Angela. Thanks wow. very much. Ange- thank you
0: for having me. Yeah, thank you, Angela Barnett.
1: There'll be a link on our webpage through to the Facebook page where she uh, talks about her latest initiative, or well, you can see the talk. Actually, it is called Pretty Smart.